Africa um, and I come to the Bay Church. I have spoken at Women's Breakfast a couple of times, but it was some time ago now. Um, I'm just going to get straight into this because I had kind of prepared a bit of a nice preamble and a little bit of a warm you in gently. Um, but then I was in uh, the doctor's surgery this week with my son Archie and um, God gave me this word. Blam them. <laughs> I'm seriously, right? I was in the doctor's and it just came in out of nowhere. You've got to blam them with it, right? And I, and, I, and I actually got a bit of paper and I scribbled down in the surgery exactly what he said, okay? He just wants me to hit you with this from the start, okay? And I'm just going to put a bit of an insurance over this because uh, this is God. <laughs> this, is, this is not me, okay? I would have, like, warmed you in a bit, you know, kind of, like, softened it down. But, but this is what he said, right? This was my message, but... This is, this is how God wants me to say it. So I'm just going to read it to you as he said it to me. If you desire greater intimacy with me, anybody not want that? If you desire greater intimacy with me and more freedom in my spirit, okay, we all want that, don't we? You need to be obedient. Oof. That stings, doesn't it? <laughs> you need to be obedient in all areas of your life. And the place you most need to focus is your private life. Your home life. Your inner self. Whatever you do in public is a face you put on. Okay? Who you are when that door shuts, when that front door shuts, and you're with the people who you feel the most secure with, that is who you really are, okay? That is your character. That is where you're at. That is where you're at now. Who are you when nobody can see? Who are you when nobody's looking? Okay? This is a message that God is speaking to me about over the last four or five months in my life. But as I said, I was going to put it a bit gentler than that for you. It doesn't get any easier, right? Then he went through this with, with me in, in the surgery on Thursday. He gave me an image, a, a picture of uh, an autopsy being performed. And he was the pathologist. So Jesus is our pathologist, okay? And he can see into every part of who you are. Every part. Every tiny thought. Everything. Do you know what the good news is? He adores you. Despite of that truth, despite of everything that he sees there, he adores you. And he wants more for you. He wants more for you, more than you want more for you. Right? He doesn't want to leave you where you are. He wants us to be moving forward. So here's a series of questions for you. You don't have to shout aloud the answers unless you really feel the need to. What does your marriage look like? How's that faring up these days? What's your attitude towards other people? What's your inner thoughts? People at church who naff you off. I mean, I, I never feel like that. 
but you know, if 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 any of if any of you might, you know, how's that how's that faring? What about the odd bit of gossip? Ever indulge in, you know, a little bit of tittle tattle? But you're not really you're not really gossiping, are you? You're just kind of pointing out to your friend what some of your difficult issues are, right? What about your stress levels? Your worry levels? Anyone got any anger issues? No, well. Who'd ever chase their nine-year-old around a pool table wanting to whack them? <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> what about your thought life? Always singing psalms and hymns and spiritual verses? <laughs> Any takers for that one? <laughs> no? Negative, positive, glass half full, glass half empty. Debt? All sorted there? Never bailed out by family? Always pay things on time? At peace with all people? Anyone to forgive? Anyone you need, anyone you need forgiven by? What about daily time with God? How's that looking? Yeah? Health? Overweight? Underweight? What about your crutches? Be careful I say that. It's a, it's a, it's a vowel away from something <laughs> I really don't want to go into. <laughs> That's very personal. <laughs> but we all have them, don't we? Do you eat for comfort? Do you exercise too much? Do you lean on a friend or a, a husband or a partner rather than turn to God? You know, is he, is, he, is he really Lord in all areas? Bit of soul control? Ever allow your emotions or your mind or your will to decide what you do or think or feel? Are you always willing to do God's will in any area of your life that he shows you? Or do you kind of like run away from things sometimes or just quite simply say no or don't feel you're up for the challenge. It's hard, isn't it? Because when God took me through this list, it was really challenging. And, and the temptation is to think, I can't, you know, there's no way I could deal with any, that's far too much. If you're sitting there now and thinking, oh my goodness, of course I'm not sorted in all those areas. You don't actually need to be. You just need to be willing to say yes. Willing to come before God in all honesty and say, I want to give all of myself to you. I want to give all my life to you because I desire greater intimacy with you. I desire more freedom in your spirit. You see, it's often our private lives that are actually what's holding us back. Yeah, you can serve as much as you like in church and be the public face of, of wonderfulness. But what is your private life really like? What is, it, what is it really like when nobody is looking? Ephesians 1, 17 to 19. That God gave me this as a, as a kind of a... Made me feel a bit better after I'd, after I'd gone through all that. I was like... Oh. Um, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, 
may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. God can give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and show you what, what you need to work on. He'll give you a deep and personal and intimate insight into who you are, into the true knowledge of him, because this is really important. It starts with a, with a loving relationship from God and understanding who we are in him. I love this bit. But I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center of your core and your being will be enlightened flooded, this is from the Amplified Version, flooded with the light of the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he's called you. It's exciting. Ladies, it's exciting. You know, God spoke this message to me about four or five months ago and I, I have had, a, despite everything which I'll get to in a minute, I have had a very exciting journey with God, right? because I desired more intimacy with him. I asked him for more, and he flooded the light of my spirit with, with who he is and how much he loves me, and, and I, I just said yes, okay? And I began to know, oh, wait for it. Oh, this, is the, this, is, this bit's fabulous. I began to know, and you can begin to know more. I, I'm not saying that you don't already, but more. The immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power in you. Come on. <laughs> Listen, that's not a big enough clap. Listen, this is what you can have, right? This is it. Listen. Listen. You will begin to know so when your spirit is flooded with who he is, you can begin to know the immeasurable unlimited surpassing greatness of his power and you can have that now you can have that today it's not when everything's sorted in your life you can have it right but you have to be obedient no claps for that bit is there <laughs> right so in april this year um i underwent um, some radiotherapy. Yeah, this is not like a funky new haircut. I'm, you know, I'm spoiling up here. <laughs> In case anyone was wondering. I'll give, it's not a hairdressing Whitley Bear, you know. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go back there. Um, so, I went through this because I had secondary spread of breast cancer to my brain. Uh, I was diagnosed in 2009 with primary breast cancer. I was pregnant with our fourth child, Archie. And uh, I had a mastectomy, I went through chemotherapy, everything you know that, that I had to do to get this disease killed off. Um, unfortunately, um, t uh, about a year and a half later, 2012, um, it came back. So I move into the secondary group then. And that is a very different group from the primary group. It's not because I've advanced. <laughs> it's not because I've done so well <laughs> with the primary, they moved me into secondary. It's, um, it's a bit more of a downgrade. Um, so there is no, um, there's, there's, uh, primary breast cancer is reasonably curable. Secondary breast cancer definitely isn't. Um, and 
at the time I was diagnosed, I think the person who lived the longest on record is about a decade. Well, I'm at seven and a half now, so, you know. <laughs> still fighting, still fighting. We're still fighting, yeah, yeah. And um, it carried on spreading. So it was initially in my spine, and then it was uh, pelvis, and last summer it was lungs, and then over Christmas I ended up going through various um, horrible side effects and was diagnosed with, it got spread to my central nervous system, to my brain. It's not good news. Um, I just want to say at this point that we have had amazing support as a family, that we have... Um, being very faithful to God. Um, we have, <laughs> I've probably been up to every healing option possible. Um, and God has really blessed us, okay? It has been a very difficult journey, but it has not been without hope and it has not been without good things that have happened. And I just wanted to put that in there because in April, when I went through the treatment for my brain, it was an experience that I can hardly describe to it, you know after everything we'd been through it, it's not getting any easier okay the, the, the treatment the spread where it gets to um, and I had the radiotherapy and it made me very very sick probably the poorest that I've been over the entire time and um, I was in bed virtually all the time and anybody who knows me well will know that that's not a state that I would generally be found in I'm more likely to be found running a 10k race or a uh, you know competing in some kind of fashion to keep myself strong and fit so this was hard I, w I think it would have been hard for anybody but it was very hard for me it reached a bit of an all-time low after about a week or so of being like this two weeks maybe and my, 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 my lovely children, who had um, been very upset seeing me like this, um, but really wanted to look after me, you know. So they would run into the house and run up the stairs, and how are you, Mum? Can we get you any water? Do you want the blinds open, shut, you know? But actually, I couldn't bear them to be around me. And, you know, if you're a mum, I just want you to kind of walk that for a minute, you know, don't detach from it. It's a very, very difficult situation to find yourself in where your own children um, are sort of unbearable to you because sometimes they smelt <laughs> and I made me feel sick and, and sometimes they'd eaten something and I could tell they had and I didn't, didn't like it. And any tiny little touch from them seemed too much for me. And that's kind of how poorly I, I really had got myself into. And the most painful point was realising one day that they'd run in from school and they didn't bother to come and see me. So they actually just got on with their life. And over the course of the next few weeks of, of experiencing that, I, I realised that it was as if I was gone. But I, w but I was still there. So I, I had this terrible awareness of here I am, you know, in this state, I am still here, but I'm not living. I'm not actually really living any kind of life. And even the people who, you know, care, care about me have sort of had to adapt. I would have called the, the, the sort of the state that I got into around that time then just despair. 
And I don't, I don't imagine I'm the only person here who's felt despair, a sense of that a situation in your life has gone on for so long that you no longer have anything left. You've fought the fight. You've, you've rallied yourself around. You've, you've, you know, all the troops come in. You know, I had family, friends, everybody supporting us. And yet this, this battle just, just doesn't ever stop. And everybody has a, a breaking point, okay? And, and, and for six and a half years, we'd gone on, you know, with this situation in some version or other of fighting this cancer. It kept coming back. And I think April was my, my utter breaking point. And I, I didn't really know what to pray anymore. And I know everyone else was praying for us, but I'd lost the sort of, I, I lost the words. I had nothing else to speak. And I eventually sort of began to cry out from this state of anxiety, I think. Anxiety that this was never going to get better. I couldn't see a way that this was going to get better. And the anxiety was how, you know, if you don't actually kill me off, God, <laughs> how am I going to live like this? It was that, that was my absolute end of my line. And I, I got to a point where I asked God, to heal me, and it's not that I'd not prayed for that before, I he heal me, take me home, or you've got to do something deeper with my holiness. Heal me, take me home, or do something deeper with my holiness. And that was just from the heart. He didn't, he didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's not an uncommon experience, okay? Silence. And my prayer just got more anguished. So eventually, the only thing I could cry was freedom. Freedom! It's like Mel Gibson in uh, Braveheart would have been, <laughs> would have been, would have been jealous. Oh, he was getting tortured on his, uh, you know, because he wouldn't allege, you know, pledge allegiance to the English king. I could have taken that role off him. My cry for freedom was guttural. You know, it was from deep within. I just knew I needed to be broken out of this, this horrible thing that had weighted down me for so long. God did speak to me. And he basically said, your freedom is not rooted in getting healing from your cancer. Your healing, your freedom, your, your intimacy with me is not rooted in being healed from your cancer. Basically, what God went on to show me was that in small ways and big ways, I, I had seen my cancer as, as a thing which at times held me back, prevented me from serving, prevented me from, you know, being nice to Mark, <laughs> right? I never openly used it as an excuse, right? And even if I had, people would have understood, okay? I don't, I don't know what maybe some of the issues might be in your lives that you maybe see as the thing which is preventing you 
from experiencing greater intimacy and freedom in God. But I just know that it's very human to look at the obvious. But if you ask God in the supernatural, he, he can show you what is really going on. Because what God said to me was, I can deal with that, Rebecca. I will deal with that. I am dealing with it. But boy, have you got some stuff to deal with. <laughs> I will do, God will do what we can't do. I can't get rid of my cancer, okay? If there is somebody in your life that maybe you've been praying for years to be saved, you can't save them, right? If, if maybe you've always struggled with, with debt, you can't necessarily just wipe that out. But what God showed me was, just, just park that. Park that issue. And it's pretty big, cancer. Okay? That's a pretty big truck. Okay? And it definitely wasn't of my making. Okay? Par park it, Rebecca. And I'm going to show you what you can do. You want intimacy, freedom. That is not dependent on your cancer. It's dependent on how close you draw to me, how obedient you can be with me, how you will allow, allow me to access all areas of your life, and I will show you. And I did, there was no condemnation in this. I just felt excited. So in this, in this scenario of sickness, I, I felt the Holy Spirit rise up in me to respond to that word and I really believe if there's only one other person in here who blames their circumstances for why they may not be having a greater relationship with God I believe then I'm speaking to that one person I can't believe it is just me I can't believe that many of us on smaller or bigger or many levels don't in some way feel that we're stuck and that, that we have no answer. God's answer to me was, forget that and come to me. Learn how to be deeper in me. He took me through a whistle-stop tour initially of who I am in Christ, because that's really important, okay? Now, if you're saved, you'll have understood a lot of that, okay? I did. Wasn't that, wasn't, you know... A, 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 an active Christian walking in my, in my walk. But he just took me through that, and that's really important. The next one was he wanted to show me what my crutches were. I had a big one, and it was running. Okay? I found in exercise um, a version of God because it allowed me to feel in control. I could say how far, I could say how fast, I could set my target. I could focus on it, right? So for me, it was running. And God, and God had tried to show me this a few times before. I just wasn't ready to hear it. And again, I'm, as, I'm guessing that many of us are like that. There's things that he's trying to say. You know what, maybe, maybe you shouldn't eat that extra bit of cake. Maybe you should go down the gym. Maybe you should stop saying those things, right? But we just do them. And we lean on things. We build things up that will allow us to not completely focus on what God's maybe saying. So for me, I needed to get rid of the running crutch. And you know what? 
if the only way he could do it was to blam my brain and, <laughs> then, and, and make you lie in bed, then that's what happened because I physically couldn't do. But I'll tell you what, I tried. I mean, even when I was really sick, and I, I don't know, I think there's only one person in this room who knows, knows what I did one day, and I was sick, sick, but boy, I was missing my running, right? So I thought, I know, I'm going to get up out of bed, and I'm going to go for a half walk, half run to Silverlink. <laughs> now, anyone who lives around here, right, I don't know how many miles that is, it's quite a distance from Whitley Bay to Silverlink. And, and I was sick, right? But I couldn't let go of this. It had become such a stronghold in my life. It had become such... Uh, uh, and, and I'm not saying that exercise is bad, but anything can roll over into taking the place of God. And running had moved a little bit into taking the place of God in my life. And God was like, look, man, look at the state I had to get you in to stop you running. And even then you tried, and I, and I tried to get to Silverlink and back, so I didn't just get there and then, and then get the bus back, because I am one determined, stubborn lady, or as Isabel would say, tenacious, well, I prefer that. Um, I did it, but it knocked me out for days. And God, God has to get rid of your crutches, Okay. And the, the next one, he told me that I had to wiggle. Okay? <laughs> he gave me a very clear reminder of that um, story in John about the, the lame man who sits by the pool of Bethesda. Does anyone know how long he sat there for? 38 years. Okay? And God came along, or Jesus came along, and said, do you want to get well? <laughs> this, is a, this is the way God revealed it to me. Do you want to get well? And he said, you know what he said? I've sat here for 38 years, and nobody's put me in the water. <laughs> <laughs> and God said to me, why didn't he wiggle? 38 years he sat there. He could have, every, every sort of, you know, few weeks, he could just move a little bit near until he could plop himself in. Because they had to wait to the water swirl, and then the first one in, oh my, I mean, I, I can't even imagine, like, that situation. <laughs> you have to get in first to get, your, to get your healing. That's some pressure, that, isn't it? <laughs> he couldn't move. But he could have wiggled. Take it in. Take that in, right? Yeah. He settled for being a victim, absolutely. And I think we can all have that mentality. We can all be shown something by God, whatever that might be, and think that is too hard. And remember, I'm talking about things in your personal life, right? Your marriage, your relationship with your children, attitudes that you have, ways of speaking to people. And I know for, I for one, might have looked at some of those, those things and thought, that is just too hard. I, I, I just don't think I can do that. One of the ones I might have used was, um, you, know, I, you know, I don't have any patience. <laughs> I've got no patience whatsoever. But you know what? That's a lie because you have the Holy Spirit in you. If, 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 you, if you have, you know, received Christ and, re and received the Holy Spirit, you have, 
love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You, you, you can go and exercise if you need to, because you, you have the strength and the power to do it. We don't have any excuses. We don't have any excuses. We don't have any excuses. To, when we talk about demonstrating to friends and family who aren't Christians, we should be, we should be exemplary in all areas. And if, and if we're not, we can be. That's the good news. This is not about condemnation. This is about, do you know what? You know, that diet I've always wanted to do and I always fail at, I don't have to fail because I just have to be, allow the Holy Spirit to control my life and then I will receive the victories and the freedom that I am entitled to. And I had just made a decision that I'm not, I made a decision when God was showing me all this. I am having that. I am having I am having this in every area of my life. Darn it. There's no, there's no way I'm going to get to heaven and stand there and, 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 and then look back and, and go, you know, feel like in some way I missed God's calling. Not his massive callings, but his calling to richen who I am in him and my private life. Who matters most to you? My husband, my children. And the people in my family and then my friends matter to me. And I want to treat them well. So I said, yes. God said, wiggle. Don't be like that lame man. Don't, don't let this go on for the 38 years. Wiggle. Wiggle, girl. Come on. Do it. I'm going to open up. I've opened up your life to you. You asked me for freedom. Come on, you've all, you all nodded when I said, who wants freedom? Who wants greater intimacy? You all nodded, right? If you want it, allow God to do an autopsy on you, right? Go, okay, allow him to show you your private life. And don't run away from it or deny it. Just go, yeah, I want to be like Paul. I want to run my race well. I want to get to the end and I want to get my prize, right? And I want to see growth. I want to see people saved, through, through the impact that I have on them. But I'm not going to achieve that. Messing about, like, you know, coming to church, I have got faith, I have got strength, I have, and I've got a relationship with God, and I've had a relationship that's grown with God, but I want more than that. Right? And, and he showed me the areas that I really needed freedom in. Now, I'm just going to run you through a few of these examples because some of them, you know, were very, very, very basic. At the time, if I contextualize it, I was in bed very sick, and I had everybody looking after me. Now, I am no sponger. We were not brought up to be spongers, were we, Ruth? Oh, my goodness. That is so not wired in us, okay? So I found this incredibly difficult, um, but I just, I really couldn't do anything. So God had totally blammed me, right? He laid me out, right? And um, one of the first things he said to me after this, this had gone on spiritually while I was not really with it, and I was desperate. And one of the first things he said to me is, I said, okay, God, I'm going to live like that. I want to live like that. Even if I never get healed from my cancer, I am not going to let it rob me of a fullness of life. Even if none of my dire situations ever go away. And I think this is a really important message because we can fall into a trap of Christians of thinking that we just have to keep going up for our healing or our, you know, and I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying that God showed me another perspective on this in the sense of just park that for a bit. Come on, girl, 
right? I've got some other things I really want to get down and dirty with you over, okay? And one of the first things he said was, get out of bed and go make yourself avocado and poached egg on toast. That just happens to be one of my favourites. <laughs> and even, if I'd, even after I'd had all this revelation, right, I was like, I can't, how can I do that? I haven't even been out of this bedroom. For, I've, I've barely made myself any. I've sucked on boiled sweets for weeks. So you've got to get how radical that was. Get out of bed and go and make yourself avocado and, and um, eggs on toast. I was like, well, I did say I was going to say yes. So this is where it starts. This is where it starts. You've said yes. You have to do it. Get him, he'll show you an area. You do it. Obedient. I raised my limpy eggs <laughs> over the side of the bed. <sighs> I was like, managed to pull my dressing gown on. You know, I mean, I wasn't going to make this some kind of bouncing emotional. <laughs> Come on, God. <laughs> you know, I was just going to remind him that it was a struggle for me. So, so I get downstairs, and do you know what? I managed to achieve that day, and this, and this is out of where I was, and I'm no wuss. I managed to achieve a walk to the shops to get my vegetables, to make my avocado and my chili eggs on toast. I walked to the shop. I went back. I'm out of a bit of a rest, like. Got back. I made it. I ate it. I felt fabulous. That is your reward. That's, that's a simple physical one, but I'm not talking any massive leaps into, you know, suddenly seeing angels and, you know, being elevated and things. I'm talking practical life. I'm talking how most of us live every day, right? And areas that we've allowed just to, you know, not really deal with. We're all the same, right? I mean, I, I mean, that was part of my list that I read out at the beginning. I've had read it out the other half of all the other things I have to deal with. <laughs> no condemnation, though. I just was up for the challenge. Be up for the challenge. Say yes, be obedient, be up for the challenge. That was the first part of my healing. Because once I'd started to be able to eat better, I began to see improvement. And I wrestled with that, but God gave me appetite. He didn't give me appetite. It didn't happen overnight. I'm not, none, very little of this happened overnight, right? It happened with daily doing it, doing it. I did it. I did whatever the Holy Spirit I had to. Every morning I woke up, I got asked for a fresh flooding of God's Spirit. And I, and I, and I largely got it, but even if I didn't get it, because I was not going to be ruled by my mind, will, and emotions, this was a spiritual walk, the next one was a really odd one, in a way, that I want to illustrate to you. Because it was about TV. <laughs> My TV of choice. Jackie knows where this is going. <laughs> Don't you? You know what I'm going to come out with. I am a sucker for reality TV. And I am going to feel no judgment. <laughs> because I have never felt judged over it, right? Because I liked it. I didn't feel it affected my life. I watched them all. Geordie Shaw. I, I do miss that one a little bit. <laughs> Made in Chelsea. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. I mean, you name it. Right, I mean, most of you are looking at me blankly because you probably wouldn't even let this dirt enter the TV set. <laughs> You've probably got it all blocked, right? But I wasn't, you know, I wasn't quite that pure. And 
And I actually never, ever felt convicted about it, okay? And I would often get into very humorous conversations with, you know, sort of Christians. Um, nobody ever outrightly said to me, that is really stinking. That is just nasty television. But I knew they were thinking it, really. <laughs> but I've got a bit of a rebellious streak, so that kind of made it a bit worse, because I was just sort of like, you know, <laughs> I'm doing it. I don't really care what you think. Um, so out of the blue, so I'm in bed, out of the blue, you know, in this, in this experience, God goes, and I never felt told off, right? He just went, and Rebecca. Seriously, I mean, I, I, God has spoken to me in some hilarious ways over the last few months. Please. <laughs> Those TV shows you watch, they are absolutely horrendous <laughs> and you, it was really funny because I just kind of went no no and he said don't watch them anymore so sim- see see sometimes you think you know when you get prompted by God it's going to be you know ooh, really no really hard and really sort of like you know and, it, and if somebody if somebody had said to me a few years ago you know you know I don't think you should be watching that stuff and all the rest of it I probably would have felt really weighted by it but when God reveals to you, okay, but, you, but I do believe you show a spirit of willingness. Right? Anyone who just thinks, you know, I do believe God does sometimes go around zapping people out of the blue. But more often than not, for most of us, it's to do with the quality of time that we spend in God's presence each day, allowing ourselves to be open to these things. And I was very open. I'd made myself deliberately and consciously open so he was allowed access to all areas. I'd, I'd, I'd said, yes. Please stop watching that TV. Please. And I was like, okay. Deleted them all out of the whatever. You know, the, 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 the planned recordings. Because, oh, I mean, oh. There was a lot of them. <laughs> and, um, and I found the God Channel. liked it because I was thirsty. I was thirsty. You know, once I'd made myself available to have this deeper relationship, and and please, you know, any of you old sages in here who are looking at me and thinking, you know, well, I've, I've got a deep relationship with God already. He'll take you deeper. So this is for everybody. I'm just sharing with you my, my little chapter of my journey. And I, I had a reasonable relationship with God before. He, but I asked for more. I asked him to give me an answer to the burden of the cancer and the fact that it restricted me. And he told me to leave it and to look at these things instead. Now, this is a bigger one. My marriage. Um, over the years that, that I've had to go through all this treatment, my marriage has suffered now, that didn't make it a bad marriage. We, we had a good marriage. We were a support for each other. We see eye to eye on many things. We both believe. Um, we have similar morals and principles and sort of views. We are good friends. We like hanging out together. 
But God showed me that we had not given our marriage enough attention. And that's hard because my instant response to that was, yeah, but I had cancer. And God was like, yeah, but we're parking that, aren't we? Okay. So now we're looking at, I'm not asking you to turn your marriage into like, you know, some kind of, you know, amazing example of, of whatever he said, but your marriage could be better than it is. Your marriage could be better than it is. And he, and he illustrated this to me in a very, with a very sort of defined sort of journey for Mark and I. Some years ago, when we, um, I must have had some chemotherapy or something, it made me very sick. And the after effects of it were, uh, I developed this in nerve damage, which meant that my skin was horrendously itchy. As, as if you were covered in thousands of midgy bites, and I got no reprieve from it at all, day, night, and it took months to diagnose it. It was it was really torturous. Um, and um, Mark began. So this is probably three three and a half years ago. Mark began to give me some relief from this problem. He began to massage my feet. So we would sit at night, and. Um, and on the sofa, and he would, you know, start to, you know, just, just, uh, you know, touch my feet, touch my toes, and I mean, I, I mean, I, I love, I love having my feet massaged. So that was why, you know, it was that area. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it was that area. I mean, let's not, let's not even go there. <laughs> let's not even go there. <laughs> I don't know why that. Went. It just went off in some random. Uh, anyway, <laughs> pull it back. Right back, and um, and <laughs> and it and it and it helped. It really helped, and that you know, that's that's what you know, an aspect of love is all about, isn't it? I think about obviously when I got this all healed, and they gave me, they worked out what it was, and I got medicine, and that went away. And Mark tried to stop massaging my feet. I wasn't having any of that. <laughs> I'd got used to this, <laughs> right? So we tried to kind of pull back, but, you know, I kind of pulled the cancer card because I can, you know. I was like, oh, it'd be really nice if you massaged my feet. Cancer makes me so tired, and that gives me such a reprieve. <laughs> and um, so we carried on. <laughs> so th this is the journey that we took until it's actually, n it's actually now an institution in our house. So every night, no matter what Mark's been through, he's even doing it one-handed, now that he's <laughs> he would massage my feet. I think we calculated at one point that over the last two and a half years, he's probably done about two to 3,000 massages. <laughs> we even gave them names, okay? So if he gets my foot and he twists, that's called the twist. So we can kind of twist it. Oh, it's really nice on your ankle, right? So we kind of give it a twist. We've got, we've got another one, the yank. <laughs> be careful how you say that as well. So he, he gets my foot and he puts his hand on my leg and he kind of pulls. Oh, it's like a stretch. <laughs> and uh, my favourite is the crack rub. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine that's your toes and he gets his fingers. Oh. <laughs> and he like rubs them in and out. Seriously, <laughs> it's, it's bliss, right? <laughs> but God, God showed me. He, he showed me that although Mark was willing to serve me, 
How was I serving Mark? Never. But it wasn't just in that area. He used that as a particular example to me to show me all the things I'd allowed to creep in to my marriage through what seemed very legitimate circumstances, not only my illness, but, but also we've got four kids. You know, life is busy, life is a strain. But he, he kind of took me through a whistle-stop tour of, when was the last time you really asked him how his day was? When, were the, when was the last time you spontaneously went up to him for no reason whatsoever and just told him you loved him and, and put your, your arms around him and said, I'm so glad I'm married to you. When was the last time you actually affirmed who he really was? Now, you know, over the years as well, with the treatments I've had, I have to say the bedroom activity is not too great. <laughs> this is the X-rated part of the talk. <laughs> right? Lots and lots. I, I know that that's not necessarily a problem that is necessarily just about common to me. I think that's... we. You know, many women, if you can get them to be honest, would perhaps have similar experiences. But God, God showed me, I can transform all of this if you just say yes and wiggle. Ooh. New bedroom move. <laughs> so that's what I did. Now, we are not swinging from the chandeliers. We, we may never be swinging from the chandeliers, but I haven't ruled it out. Six months ago, I would have ruled that, ruled that out entirely. You see, there's power in doing what I'm talking about. There is, there is real power in it. It's not in your strength. When you, when you are genuinely have a heart to get closer to God and you pray that prayer and you say yes and he shows you, because it, it'll be particular to, to you. The, these are ones I'm sharing. These are not ones that you need to then go think, I think my marriage is fine, but hers wasn't, so, right? And you, you wiggle it. I felt stressed, actually, for the first few days that God spoke to me like this because I just felt, I was like, I can't do that to Mark. I'm not from a family that's like that. We're, we're, we're not very physical in our family. If I don't go up to Mark and, you know, give him a cuddle, that's just the way I am. But God would not let it settle in me. For, 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 for days, like, I mean, obviously I'm having to cut this down for, for sort of, unless you want me to speak for three hours. <laughs> it's part of the reason why I'm coming back for the next two months. <laughs> if you just want more, if you want a bit more blamming, come back. <laughs> he, he, he said, but you can. You can in me. I love Mark and I love you and you can be a force to be reckoned with. God's purpose is, is, is all about us maturing so that we can draw other people to, to him. So if you're not living a, a, a full life in God's spirit, then you're not going to be as effective as you could be. It doesn't mean you say you're not having an effect. But you see, see, I, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, but I'm also quite a driven person. And when I think that there's more to be had, I, I, I want more. And I do see certain 
Christians who I can see have got that, but I see many who I think, yeah, probably a bit more like me, you know, sort of doing all right, but really want more, but don't quite know how to get more. Um, you have to do it. That's the, that's the big point here. You have to do something. He's not going to make your legs move to get to the gym, ladies. You have to move them. He's not, he's not going to overnight transform your thinking so that you become renewed in your mind and, and, and walking in the truths of his word. You have to actually kind of read the word, <laughs> kind of get it in there, don't let go. And I've had lots of whammings from, from the devil while I've been trying to do this. Loads of things he's tried to knock me off course. But I have set my face. Set your face for more. Wherever you're at, I don't know where you're at. It doesn't have to be like anybody else. It's, it's your journey. It's your walk. But if you are not growing, then you are going backwards. I have had so many blessings from living like this. And again, it's not that I didn't have blessings before, but I've had more. So with more, with more persevering, with more deepening, comes more from God. Right? And it's not that it's some kind of mathematical equation where he says, oh, well, if you do that and that, then I'll do this for you. It's not like that. But it just comes naturally. I had a first in my life from this when we were in Portugal I was I was praying in the morning and I was um, reading the word and what jumped out at me was kindness and the Holy Spirit said to me um, I want you to be kind whoever you see today be kind I mean it's not like I go around being horrible to people you know <laughs> but it was but it was a an extra it was a particular message. It's so, ex- it's so exciting to live like this because God speaks to you all day and he prompts you and I mess it up all the time and I still chase my daughter around the pool table but I probably don't do it as often as I used to. Oh, did I say that was me that did that? I, w- I wasn't meaning to confess that one. <laughs> um, so I was in Portugal. Holy Spirit, be kind. Um, so rather than when I was next down around the pool... Um, and I was chilling and reading my book and whatever. You know, it's not, again, it's not that I'd have been rude to anybody if you spoke to me around the pool, but, I, it, you know, it's my holiday and I want to relax and read my book and all the rest of it. And um, so this woman said hello to me. So I sort of, I've got good ways of shutting people down. You know, I, I mean, I can be nice, but, you know, make it quite clear that I'm not really very interested. <laughs> so, so she sort of spoke to me and, um, and I sort of did that. And then kind of thought, oh no, I've got to be kind. So, you know, I just kind of responded a bit to her. You know, there's nothing, nothing major, just a little bit of something. And um, she um, left the poolside. I went up to her house. She had her kids up there and her husband's up there. And five, ten minutes later, she came back down. She sat on her bed. She actually pulled her bed up to my bed. I was like, thanks. Where the heck, man? I said I was going to be kind. I don't want somebody jumping on my bed with me. 
<laughs> anyway, and, um, and she said, there's something about you. And I've been struggling with really bad depression. And there's something about you. I just think maybe you'll have some answers for me that could help. Come on. That is massive. And that wasn't me. I am the most scaredy cat person about telling people about, about my faith. I would do anything not to admit that it's, a, that it's to do with my faith. Well, until recently. I, and, and I don't get away with that now. And this, this is a real drawer. I didn't choose not to wear a wig so I could draw people to me and have to talk about Christ. <laughs> but that's been the result. Because people look and they think, I bet she's suffered. And it's people's pain that they, that they relate to you in. So if that's the starting point, and then I can blam them. <laughs> and I have. I have blam. I mean, I mean, I'm working on it. Right? <laughs> I, still, I, still, I still run away a little bit sometimes because this is not, you know, I'm on this journey, okay? I still shy away. My old habits come back. I spoke to Mark horribly last night over the fact that he hadn't made the bed properly. <laughs> but I'm getting better. You know, the Holy Spirit, you know, I asked for freedom. And God said, you really, you know, you can have it. And I'm going to show you where. And I've walked it out and I'm doing it. And it's in my private life. It's in your private life. What you do here is secondary. And anyway, it's probably, it's probably being held back if some areas in your life need sorting. So how much more you could have? Because that's what I've experienced. It wasn't, I've spent six and a half years people saying to me, I don't know how you live the way you do with everything you do. You know, people recognize that we are a family under strain. You know, we have four children. I have a serious illness. Mark, Mark has a big job. Right? People recognize that and they, they've asked me all the time. And I, and I have given semi answers. But when I asked for more, I became stronger. I've walked in it. I've exercised my, the spirit within me. And I've given more. And I've had more back. We, I get money chucked at me all over the place. Right? We, we, you know, we, so that God blesses you in many ways. We, Mark and I went out for a meal. And, um, and some of you know this story, and this has never happened to us before, but we, we went out from it. Well, the actual backstory to this a little bit was that there's been a, a fundraising thing going on for me for some of the mums, from some of the mums at school, because um, it was Mark and I's 10th wedding anniversary. We made it! <laughs> and um, and uh, without swinging off the chandeliers. <laughs> and, um, and, <laughs> and, uh, and they put together this fundraiser, and one of the women, one of the mums from school who, who wanted a fundraiser, asked if she could come into church with her buckets. And I was like, so even though I'm, you know, Holy Joe at the moment, I was like, <laughs> I still said, oh, I don't know, I'm gonna have to think about that. And do you know what the truth was? I was frightened of her coming in. It, this is my, you know, world. I mean, although I like to think of my testimony, you know, but. I was also a bit scared that Christians can be quite stingy, so I just thought she won't get any money. <laughs> so I'm just saying, right? And, and not all of them. And the second one was, oh my goodness, 
if anyone flipping foams at the mouth and jumps all over the floor, I'm going to die with embarrassment. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm not that strong yet. <laughs> but again, God said to me, it's not your problem. A bit like the cancer. This is bigger. That her, her salvation, what she thinks of church, what anybody thinks, it's not your problem, Rebecca. And um, I'm going to deal with all of that. She came in. Um, I think it was helped by the fact that the previous week one of our leaders had been speaking on uh, tithing and giving you money over. But, you know, who cares? It was a word in season. She came in. She was moved to tears because she got more money here than out of any other single event that they'd done. There were people frothing on the floor and jumping about. <laughs> and at those moments I had to stop singing. Because <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> oh, I couldn't look at her. I was like, oh no. I know you're laughing, but how many of you brought your non-Christian friends into church? Hey, hey, well done. <laughs> right? You know, get with me on this. This is quite a scary move. I was obedient though. She was blessed. And she texted me later to say, She's a paramedic, she'd had a really awful week, and she'd never felt so much peace. Yeah. And now, put on my Facebook page, 10 to 30, the Bay Church. Get yourself down there. I do. Because God, God said, you need to get it out there. People, you know, even if nobody ever responds, somebody might. I could never have lived that way before. People knew I went to church, knew I was a Christian. I was a Christian. Now I'm like, oh, I was even in the, I was in the hospital last week, and the nurse, nobody could say anything to me now. Like the nurse said something like, um, you know, oh, um, you know, something the usual. Like I don't know how you manage, you know, how you, you know, managed to get this far or whatever. And I just, saw, and I just went, it's, it, well, it's God, really. I said, I'm a, I'm a Christian. <laughs> Really, are you? I mean, don't don't get this. You know, I'm still a person who runs from things. I'm still a person. I'm a work in progress over it, as we all are. But I'm, you know, there's many areas that I'm sure you've got all wrapped up that I didn't have wrapped up that I'm working at. Yeah. You don't need to focus on my things or what I'm saying, other than that they are an illustration, yeah. a real life illustration. And if I go back to that verse, you know, I I was flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, and I wanted that. I wanted immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his spiritual power in me. I wanted it, right? And I, 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 I'm not going to stop. Um, our marriage, again, you know, I joke about they're not swinging from the chandeliers and we're so not. <laughs> but I have demonstrated, you know, small parts of love to Mark that I had just allowed to go by the by. You know, he, he's, you know, he's happier, I'm happier. Because when you move in God's will, and his will is that all areas of your life are subjected to him, his will for you is that you are in his will. And you go in his will by, by actively doing something and being obedient. And then when you're, at, when you're there, that's your freedom. That's where you get your freedom. So, I think I'm done. 
My challenge to you, and this is part of the reason why I'm back next week. No, I'm not back next week. <laughs> next month. Is wherever you're at, get on board with me with this. Can you do it over this weekend? Can you say to God, I want more? Will you allow him to do an autopsy on you? Lay out your life? Prompt you? And then each day that goes forward, just wiggle. Don't be overfaced. Don't allow it to be overwhelming. Just wiggle. And I guarantee that at the end of next month when I do women's breakfast and I ask for your testimonies about what God has done, that you will have something to say. Even if it's just one small thing, one tiny area of your life, that you want to see progress in. Don't leave me alone. Get on the race with me. We can do this. Amen.